Well, it's a dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense, trying to tangle with us. Scoop of a big black booties in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money for such. Ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, Unless, of course, you're in Denver. <laughs> That's a transition we can't use. Cold transition. That's what yes. I like. It's great. We, we can't even play the fucking music like a Count the Dings podcast. We just have to go straight from the transition into welcome to the Balls podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on a Saturday night. Thank you, Brian Windhorse. I have a theory about Denver, you know, pl- just absolutely looking like dog shit for four games. Correlated completely with Jokic coming out leading the straw poll. He's like, oh, I'm not having this. <laughs> no it's, more, it's, M- no more MVP talk that, for me. There's never seen a team that um, want, modulates its effort mid-season more than Denver. <laughs> Yeah. And because they were kind of a bit off the pace to start the season, then the settle and they were going like he's in a rule. And then the last 10 games, uh, they've sucked. And it's almost entirely been because they've been shooting like shit. And yeah. that's something you can choose to do if it's, <laughs> if it's that important to you. But or I want to see the thing is, I don't think, look, all jokes aside, I don't think they're trying to suck. But I do worry a little bit because they're in the fourth spot now. It's okay, not so, going to take much to drop back into that melee behind them. But th- this is the thing about the West, right, is what's what's a good seed? Do, do you want a 1-8 versus Golden State right now? <laughs> or, well, or the Lakers? What like I know that- is that you don't want to be in the fucking play-in and they're only, you know, they're only a bit above that right now. Ah, uh, they're four games Four games out of the play-in. Sure. They've gone three, five and five and in their last ten. And Lost three games their last out, three. Of, out of Dallas have won. Dallas are seven and three. New Orleans are seven and three. Phoenix are seven and three. Lakers are seven and three. Golden State are Clippers, eight and two Clippers in their are seven last. and three. No, I mean, all the teams behind them are, yeah, all, yeah. are all making up games. It's not going to take long. to. to so they better not. Better not come back from the All Star break with this. They better not be doing like they did last year and just sort of phoning it in because they could end up very, very. I mean, they got the best home ground advantage in in all sports in the regular season. It was interesting. I was listening to a podcast uh, Tom Haberstroh was doing with a um, a fellow an analytics guy he used to used to work with at five thirty eight at ESPN. And they pointed out that that home ground advantage doesn't work quite as well in. Um, in the postseason, because of the adaptation time, and also because the, it it kind of the home ground advantage in the regular season is amplified by the fact that certain players kind of don't. It, it's a place that people are more likely to get rested, so the oh, opposition that- teams come in and don't play actually aren't at full strength as well. So it, it actually distorts the size of the home ground advantage in the home in the uh, regular season. Uh, ha- having done a few training sessions in Denver, I can completely understand why players. Who who are a little bit busted don't want to put themselves through that. Like no. just just ring it up as a scheduled loss because it just it just takes so much out of you that it, it's almost like it's almost like the LA nightlife 
games, right? Well, where- it's worse than that because you're literally playing at a physiological oxygen yeah. dent. You are. I mean, there's a reason that. It's the opposite of, of when cyclists do altitude camps and then come down to, to um, sea level to race. It's like you're you're literally trying, particularly if you're coming off injury or something like that. I mean, Joel Embiid's had all kinds of fucking grief over the fact that he was dodging Jokic. I think if you're get, coming back from an injury, Denver's the last fucking place you want to be playing. But the point I guess I was trying to make was who in the top 10 in the West would you like to face in the first round? And the Sacramento. only answer I can... Yeah, that's the only answer I can come up and with. And I love Sacramento, Sacramento but, but I was looking at them and going, fuck, New Orleans? No, I don't know, man. They just, they just keep... They keep winning and they win... They've won games against good teams. It's not like they're just beating up on shit teams, all right? Um, and they're deep. Like, they've got a lot of different... Unfortunately, um, D- Daniels, Dyson Daniels, seems to have picked up a bit of a knee injury. But Yeah, he, like- he didn't play in the uh, Rising Stars games, which happened today, and of which you and I assumably watched absolutely none of. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, I've, I've never been more underwhelmed by a, a trade deadline into a... This is All-Star. not Boogie Cousins getting get, getting traded in the middle of All Star, you know. It was um, it was a wet fart of a trade deadline, and this this is a fairly underwhelming uh, All Star, I have to admit. But, yeah, uh, I don't care. It's fucking Bathurst twelve hour weekend, so I know what I'm paying attention to. Yeah, it, like this week was the one the week where I really felt that that mid season sort of lim- you know the the the, the, the um, in season tournament. You know, they always talk about the start of the season sort of not really taking off and, and really the season not really taking off until post-All-Star, which it might absolutely do this year because, like you said, the the, the West is so compressed. I would say that, that the, in the West it has taken off. It is it, it, Anybody who takes the foot off the accelerator now is going to be in some deep shit and some yep. teams are just going to be out-talented all the way to the end. Um, like, like I said, um, the Warriors are coming from a hell of a long way back, but they are – Incredibly good, particularly in their last ten games. Uh, eight and two, you know, and it's a lot of it's to do with Draymond Green actually playing basketball instead of punching people in the head. Although he tried to do it, he was very tempted to do a bit of that again against his old mate uh, Nurkic in the uh, in the Suns game. Suns yeah. are doing really well. Well, like like you said, in the West, everyone except Denver has a win streak going into the All Star break. <laughs> And Even the Grizzlies who are five and five, but you know they've had some um, they've had some some rough rough games to play. Yeah. And, and at the top at the top of the league, so much for like a distance better than everybody else on defense is um, is Minnesota. Now that yeah, could be shit that doesn't that could be shit that doesn't work in the playoffs. But oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> they just keep oh. fucking every every time people go, I don't trust Minnesota. They just keep racking fucking wins. Was made a really good point about this. He's like, have you got something that you can lean on in the playoffs that's just sort of, you know, mint, you know, that that can is not going to fall apart against the sustained pressure of the playoffs? And he's like, I actually think Minnesota's defense is that. Like, it's not going to, um, you know, even when even when defenses ramp it up, and you have seen, you know, bits of games like the Clippers tried to go small against them the other day. And the, the Timberwolves, just, yeah, sure, no worries. We'll just block every shot because all you, all you guys are too small. That was the game um, the Timberwolves won by like twenty or so, didn't they? Yeah, uh, 
it just seems like they've got the faith and the belief in that. Now, they might absolutely crap the bed the other way because you do not feel great about their late game offense. No, they're, they're one, one, in, in the clutch, they suck. They're, they're one of the yeah. worst fourth quarters teams. But I feel like that's a little bit to. There were, there were times where those, um, those really good dubs teams, particularly in the early, the, the mid, uh, 2010s, had not particularly interesting, uh, fourth quarter figures because they killed, they absolutely annihilated teams in the third quarter. And this Timberwolves team absolutely does that. They don't, there are not a lot of games that are still up for grabs in the fourth quarter when you play Minnesota. Yeah. It's, it's just going to be a fascinating, and, and absolutely, I believe one of those top four teams are going to lose in the first round. I just just think that the, the rest of the West is that good. Um, uh, for all, you know, the Mavericks front office has been a bit of a wet blanket for the last decade. They did some shit that actually seems to really juice juice the Mavericks, like giving yeah. Luca more more guys to to play with. You know, Daniel in, in Gafford terms of is a particularly good pickup. Um, yeah. I think they 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 got they also got um PJ Washington who's decent but not mm. you know, not terrifyingly good but uh, but, but yeah. he's but he's a really good like he's he's sort of the perfect if you were to describe someone to go around Luca he's the guy right he he loves the dirty work and he's quite happy to not get 50 touches the 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 funny thing is is that all the hornets guys all the the flotsam and jetsam that went back to the hornets have immediately improved the hornets it just cracks me up um i noticed that cupjack decided that he didn't want to have to deal with the mess that he'd been dealt with and and retired to the higher up in the front office oh, I, it's, I, I do it's like incredibly generous of you to say that he decided to do that and, and wasn't just moved on by a new ownership who didn't put him in that place in the first place <laughs> uh look oh, like you know if, why if someone would you wanted, keep mitch cupchak around if someone wanted retire to retire me to less work but on the same money until my you know until my contract <laughs> i'd yeah. be pretty happy oh, with that he, especially he wasn't at his age, like, with it, but that was yeah. one of the, another one of those michael jordan you know hiring his mates because he doesn't trust anybody Type, um, uh, type arrangements. And, you know, it's it's not as though uh, Charlotte's front office decisions have been lighting up the league for the past couple of years. It is another, like, how many incompetent front offices are there left? Maybe the Bulls. The Bulls don't look that particularly good. That's rough, that's rough for you, man. Um, uh, with the unpronounceable Lithuanian name. Arvidas Kanasnevinovich. Yeah. Can it like, carry that like, guy? Like, like even the Raptors sort of like- well, I don't know. They, they, they made some moves and, and they've been absolutely fucking horrific for the, the last little while. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, I think, you know, Masai seemed to be stubborn to the point of like, I'm not going to trade guys before the deadline. I'll just let them walk. Like, a, like Almost like it was a point of pride. And then he's like, oh, oh okay, well, I better get something for OG Ananobi and, and Pascal Siakam. Uh, I don't know. It's just I don't. I just don't know who the like the Knicks man. The the Knicks front office probably won the trade season. Um, uh, if, if you reckon the, the Mavericks didn't, then the Knicks. Well, except for the fact that I think they thought they were getting more. You know, they got uh, Alec Burks and uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. Yeah. Um, I think they were a bit oversold in terms of the idea that these guys would impact defense. They're not. They're not Tibbs guys in that respect. No. They're going to have to buck their but, ideas up a little bit. And the Knicks have sort of 
you know, been scraping the bottle of, bottom of the barrel in terms of injuries. You know, they had a lot yeah. of key injuries and it's just starting. You could not have – the All-Star break could not have come at a better time for them. Well, for a lot of teams, um, in, a lot of teams in the East. And, in fact, if you're talking about exactly that same sort of group of teams compared to the West, all those teams that are going seven and three, you know, like the, the three through, you know, eight, nine, ten, all those teams in the East suck. They they've been three and seven and five and five yeah. and, and um, New York have been have been flat five hundred, but that's actually helped because it, Milwaukee and Philadelphia have the, been three and seven in their last ten. The Celtics, the Cavs, and the Magic are the only sort of positive teams in the top ten. Yeah, well, the, the Cavs have the Cavs have won eight, have gone eighteen and two in their last twenty. Now, yeah. admittedly, that's been against a relatively soft schedule, but you've got to beat those teams. You know, that's the whole fucking point. Well, that that, that was the. That was the the sort of the, the magic juice of the those great Spurs teams, right? Is they just just always beat the teams that they were supposed to beat. You know, their their winning percentage against below, you know, five hundred or below teams was just it was you know okay, just, the East, yeah, just just take care of business. Go, yeah, go on that East trip and win eight out of ten games. Um, yep. The, the, the San Antonio <laughs> are currently eleven and forty four, two and eight in their last ten. The, the Celtics, though, are the ones that just baffle me because they're just so dominant and yet I'm just – every time I watch them play, it's it's like – Joe Mazzula exists. Uh, this is why you don't trust them because they do uh, not and, look like they're coached well and they do not look like the players think they are coached well. But even Tatum, like, he, he just – and Brown, they have these patches where it's like they regress to their worst habits and you just – it almost feels like when the finals come – all the soft parts of their game are going to get exposed, and it's they those feel parts. like buds. Fucking fifty uh, win Hawks, don't yeah, they? That, yeah, that's like, right. The, yeah, that they're Hawk. a monster in the regular season, and I do not trust them to do fucking anything ever. Yeah, when the the serious fucking playoff basketball starts happening, it's, it's probably the be- the best thing for them is that the, the Bucks <laughs> the Bucks still don't look good. The seventy sixes are basically toast. The Pacers don't look quite ready. The, the Pacers the, are a little bit odd because there's there's explanation. I mean, the 76ers have, have the, the arses dropped out their defense since John yeah. has gone out. Okay, that's fair enough. They're getting some stuff out of, out of some of the guys they brought in, like Buddy Hill. But the reality is that they they've been a bit they've been a bit shit recently. Milwaukee, the the doc thing is not working, and he's already throwing his players under the bus, saying some of them are already in Carbo and all that sort of stuff. So this is going really badly, and Dame is not playing particularly well. I. I feel for the dude because he's, you know, he's separated from his family. I think he's even going through a divorce and this is not what he was promised. Giannis is playing ridiculous basketball to keep them in, to win them the games that they are actually winning. But yeah. um, they're not going to do any practicing over the, the All-Star break. They just need a fucking week off to fucking not talk to each other. And they come back and sort it out. But I think they've got a fairly rough run from here on in, anyway. Yeah, so. they got a they got a tough schedule. Got a tough schedule. And, 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 and again, they're still... Ah, uh, what two games back of second this in the, is the East? Thing. They are the they're the absolute opposite of of Boston because they look horrible, and yet the the results just keep piling up. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so Miami are starting to are starting to spin up the dino, which is interesting because you know they've been without a lot of their important players recently. Um, Orlando have strung a whole bunch of wins together recently. Uh, and Chicago, it, it, but then, then the nine and ten in, in in the East are, are well below five hundred and, and pretty grotesque 
uh, basketball operations compared to in the West where you're going to need to be over, over 500 to make the play-in, it looks like. Yeah, the, the, the Rockets by everyone's sort of, you know, everyone sort of laughed at, you know, phase two or whatever. But I sort of feel like they've had a really good season and they're 12th in the West. They have as many wins <laughs> as Atlanta. They're yeah. They're 10th in the West. And that trade with the Nets, like both, it'll be really interesting to see if this becomes a trend. But if the Rockets trade with the Nets and the Spurs trade with Atlanta for their stars, where it's like, we'll give you back your picks so you can suck for the next four years mm. and actually do something with the picks um, is a really fascinating sort of like poker chip, or, you know, push push all in. You know, we'll, we'll bet on you not doing well over the next couple of years so you have to come back and sell us your star player so that you can suck properly. I don't think but, they need uh, to do that though. I don't think for a Oh, no, there. absolutely. Absolutely and the other not, thing but is it's, it's, it's sitting I on the table think, for both teams, I don't right? think they would but, do that. I don't think that that front office would do the move that you're describing either because I, the Spurs – and I've had to hesitate to say this, but the longer, we, the longer we get from that last good Spurs team, the less confident I am that they are still the organisation that built that last good Spurs team. We're starting to get a long, long time away from when they were, when you could just trust the organisation to be brilliant. Yeah. It's not just Pop; it's it's the whole. It's the it's Buford and the people who replaced him, and and, and, and we, as well, we've said multiple times, all yeah. of the good, the, the good two ICs and three ICs, the, the the good lieutenants have all been picked out of that organisation. Yeah, uh, and now they're kind of relying on high. They're kind of relying a lot on high picks in pretty mediocre drafts coming up, and Vic's attractiveness to free agents, trying to counteract the fact that that San Antonio has no attractiveness to free agents. That's how they're going to build the team. That that how well, are they going to well, build, build Vic's championship team? I, I, this is the, the thing I was thinking about this week. It's like I, I don't. It doesn't matter how good Vic is, and Vic is ridiculously good. How do you build stuff around him? How are we not in a situation in a couple of years where um, Vic is doing, you know, leaking to Shams and Woj that he put out coming get to go and play for the Heat or something? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually think well, actually the Heat, the Heat are kind of, you know, in a in a, in a slightly they're really good at building excellent B plus basketball teams. But I can't. I, I, another thing I was thinking about this week is that I would really love to see Spo. Get to coach with, with a really with a good, team. good team, like, yeah. like, like that. I fucking, say that all the time. Uh, like because, the I mean, team. if, like the if old Spo was team. coaching Boston, they'd be seventy three and nine. You wouldn't see them again. Anyway, but you, you were going to make a point about about the Spurs. Well, I think this off season is is a real referendum on their front office. Like, can can they pull off a Trey Young? Because, like, I actually think that's a that's a really smart play. Like, Trey is a gifted passer, and all you have to do is put. A really gifted passer with Vic, and that's probably enough to then build out the rest of the pieces behind it. And Wemby's the the perfect foil for Trey's weaknesses, right? You know, if he's getting beaten on the front line, the, the stats say that there is no one better at, at you know dissuading someone at the rim than him. Like it's some of these games are comical, like guys going for laps and changing their mind two steps away from the basket because of the shadow that he sort of, you know, puts in the paint. Yeah, I guess uh, the model is the is the nuggets of because of, there aren't too many teams that have had to build around one star without a lot of prospect of being able to attract free agents. 
and have had to trade and draft in order to build up around them. So I guess that's the model is because they're not going to be able to pull off some. I suppose they could pull off some mega fucking. I just don't see it. They've kind of whiffed on a lot of their most recent draft picks as well, haven't well, they? Well, I, I don't think they actually have whiffed on their draft picks. I just think their draft picks are all one spot too high in the hierarchy. Like guys like Sohan, if Trey Young came there, came there and became the second banana, and they all became supplementary pieces, you know the the Clay Thompson, uh, Bogut pieces of of that team. They could probably have Clay Thompson or Bogut at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> but do, do you know what I mean? Like I, I think they're all. T- it, yeah, they all need to be like- slid down one, but. Is Sohan even in the rotation anymore? I thought he put, after they yeah, stopped playing no, him as point guard, they just, no, they no, just dropped him actually, entirely. No, he's actually playing really well, and he's and his three point percentage has gone uh, up, and uh, and his defense has gone really up. well. Two and eight in their last ten. <laughs> I mean, how, how well is really well? Yeah, I, I mean, I just not think that's he's not impacting winning, but nobody is. Mm, no, I just I just don't think they've like I just think I just everyone's don't get why up. they're so fucking bad. But because everyone's up two or three spots higher than what they should. If Spo was fucking coaching them, they wouldn't be this bad. You know, if that exact roster was in Miami, yeah, Hebrew, probably. For what? Not just Spo, but it just I, that's what that's what I think about. You know, that Spurs organization. There's just they're just not. They've lost their fastball. They're not quite the same oh. fucking fearsome death machine organizationally than they were than they were in say tw- 2019. I feel like mishandling fucking Kawhi, having one of their people. You know, turn their back on them. It kind of broke them a little bit. Yeah, possibly. If you finish dropping your microphone down the down the Sorry. stairs in a way that I'll have to, I'll have to um, edit out later. It's, it's at least you're not outside getting hissed at by some sort of weird Greek chorus. It's it's just slowly sinking, so I'm sort of like hunching down on the football every bit. Aren't we all a little bit lower every time? Aren't we all? Uh, yeah. Look, absolutely. I think you're right, but it, it's funny how. A whole bunch of guys that are being extended a little bit too much. I just do believe if they could swing for, and they've got the they've got the assets to swing for somebody. I'm not necessarily saying it's Trey Young, but those I don't, I don't think it's Trey Young because I really don't think he's he's a he's a personnel fit for that sort of team. He might he might he playing style might be, but he's just not the right sort of not the right personality for that team. In fact, I couldn't think of anybody less appropriate. Maybe Kyrie Irving. Um. And then I guess it's like they that that team is just going to look completely different with a good point guard like Jalen Brunson. You know, if they had Jalen Brunson on that side, how not good were they? Jalen Brunson though. And no, the thing no, is but- the good point guards are a bit of a um, a bit of a premium at the moment. Well, the, the, the other name that I, I I wonder whether might be on the trade block over the summer is Giddy. Oh no, he'll definitely be. But again. The- <laughs> Do the Spurs want another sex pest after Josh Primo? And speaking of, <laughs> of fucking up their draft picks, you know, the the best organization, the the, the military operation, the, the people who do all the all the research and then all the other research didn't figure out that that guy had a, had some serious fucking problems going on. Mm. Yeah, that was that was alarming that they picked him. Especially wasn't that the same draft that Halliburton was in? I'm pretty yeah, sure the Spurs probably. passed on Halliburton. Probably. A and lot of that- people did because no, actually no no I don't know if they would if their pick would have been high enough because I thought Halliburton went about six. I think that, I think that was the Devon Vassell draft. Yeah, that, but that's I mean that's kind of what I mean by the Spurs. The last couple of drafts they've done is kind of they did okay, but they could have done better. And it used to be the sort of shit that they were brilliant at. 
And you can't. This stuff doesn't like, doesn't track forever. You can't. You can't nail everything. No. I mean, well, the, that that's the, the, the Miami went through a period of, of get, you know getting people like fucking what was his name Tyler Johnson and shit like that. Hall- Halliburton went twelfth. That's Did nuts. He, really? Who am I thinking of that went sixth? It might have been um. Uh, <laughs> a Kongu went six. This this is a wild draft, right? Anthony Edwards, okay, well that's a fair enough number uh, number one. But then it's Wiseman, Lamelo Ball, who's I smell fucking- COVID. <laughs> yeah, this is this is yeah, the COVID draft. The, the COVID draft. Yeah. Patrick Williams, Isaac Okoro, Okongu, Killian yeah. Hayes, who just got who's, who's bumped, ju- bumped by the worst team in the league. Yeah, who is. <sighs> Off to, make his, um, off to make his living in, in another country, I think. Uh, Obi Toppin, uh, Advia, uh, De- Denny Ad- Advia, I can never yeah, pronounce that name, by the he's Wizards. A, he's, right he's, he's, he's going all right. Jalen Smith, who's doing okay on the on the um, paces oh. now, but, but but got bumped by the Suns. Vassell at 11, there you go, it was one pick yeah. one pick further. So Vassell, Vassell over Halliburton. But the the flip side is is if you had if you'd picked Halliburton, then you're never getting Wemby because you would never be bad enough to to get that number one pick. Yeah. Three years later, um, so I, but I what, what, guess that I mean, worked out well for them. Only if only if they can put stuff around him. Otherwise, you're just you're just minding him for a couple of years until he goes off somewhere better. Mm. I, I I seriously do believe that that they are are assessing all of their guys to see what roles they're going to play. And they have more, they have heaps of assets. They can, they can go out and get a player in the trade market. And it does feel like there's a lot of teams, um, you know, the Bulls, the Nets, like even the Grizzlies could could blow it up. The, the Trailblazers have like a, a heap of guards. They might decide, we, you yeah, know, we I, don't I, want I, one of those guards. Um, the vibes of the Trailblazers are that they're, they're relatively happy with how things are going. I mean, I think I think Billups will eventually get moved on. And look, once the team gets sold, there'll be probably change in all in all the regime spots. But the roster is actually pretty good, and they're a competitive. They're the kind of team that that the Spurs should be. I mean, obviously, yeah. there's not that much, that many more wins, but the vibes feel a lot better when you watch them play. They, they always feel like they're in um, they're in most games they're in. I mean, they played fucking Minnesota. Uh, yesterday, and they were down massively in the first quarter, and they battled back to a almost parity uh, by you know by the third quarter. Now they they got blown out again, but later on, but they they're a young team and they're figuring shit out. They kind of feel like um, it feels like there's more to it than just Webby doing circus shit. That that they have a lot more actual proper professional NBA players in their team though. Like they've Grant and they have. Um, Brogdon. Yeah, but they've been they've been injured. Like yeah, their no, injury but, report but, but, but has been, re- like, uh, was like seven deep before that, yeah. that Minnesota game, including uh, Brogdon and, and those sorts of guys. So, I mean, having them around is useful. But the whole point of the Spurs is that you don't need that because you've got the grown ups. Are the uh, there's plenty of adults in the room. Apparently, there is only there's only fucking Pop and Brett Brown. It's not mm-hmm. really a, not a great fucking endorsement of Brett Brown's. They're much more to player development. Player development. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, look, they may well and and the, the fucking the trade wins are such that if you've got a player as good as Wemby, the other stuff should sort itself out. But we've seen in this league plenty of times that, that teams don't always figure that shit out. Like Kevin Garnett in uh, Minnesota style. Yeah. 
I'd I'd be really interested to see the Spurs go and like that. They, they should be at the stage where they can go and poach people from other people's staff, <laughs> you know. But why would you like, go? Why would you go and work? Why would you want to go and live down there, where the civil war is going to happen over the fucking border? <laughs> you know, it, San Antonio as a as a market has so many headwinds. You know, mm. <laughs> to attracting talent, you've really got to overpay. And I don't feel like you know they don't even have the well, money that, that's, to do that. That's what. They've got to, you know, they've got to, they've got to trade. They've got to, they've got to overpay in trade. Yeah, but you're not going to be able to. Um, and and I don't know if Pop is the the pool that he once was. You know, in terms of coming to work. For uh, Pop. no, absolutely not. Not when there's like there's a heap of really good coaches in the league now, right? Yeah. There's the, you know, there's the the fourth musketeer. There's Will Hardy. There's Spo. Like, even Tibbs is sort of rehabilitated. Like, if you're a player that likes to play lots of minutes and work really hard, then the Knicks is sort of yeah, a tr- an attractive spot now. I'm, I'm not even thinking about the players. I'm thinking about – I mean, you can trade for players. You can build mm. a team against its will out of, out of trading you, you players. You mean staff-wise, I, yeah. mean, I, mean, I mean good assistant coaches and good yeah. player personnel people, all those guys, because how are you going to get those people into the building? Uh, I, I, think, I, think, I think the – like like San Antonio, while not an attractive place, is still a storied franchise. I, I think if you, I, th- I think there'd still be people that would want to go there. There will, but um, I think that, you know, all all things considered, there are probably better places to go. So you're not necessarily getting sure. the absolute best people. So again, how how are we building this fucking this this Spurs championship team? <laughs> I, I sort of feel like let's put a pin in this and look at this at the next All Star break. Yeah, because well, I, 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 well, I, we don't, this is a thing that we're not going to know for another f- yeah. four or five years because it's going to take that long uh, to build that team. I think we're gonna we're gonna the the off season is going to be a really interesting one. And like you said, let's not just look at the trade, but let's see if they pick up, you know, someone that's. The next sort of shooting doctor, or a gr- you know, they they poached they someone. England, didn't they? Exactly. Yeah. Some of their secret advantages just walked out the door to, to other yeah. places, or other places just offered them more money. That um, he's he's now at the Thunder, and you think the Thunder are kind of now what the Spurs were organisationally, institutionally, say five ten years ago. It's so hard to be good for a very long time. Yeah, but I mean, institutionally, you should be. But but that's the example I was thinking of because with all you know, all the knowledge that we have of how good organization Thunder are and how many picks they have and and you know drafting the right people, it's still taken them this long after we've been we've said for like three or four years this is the year they make the leap for them to actually make that leap and become a a, a contender. So it's still going to take another three to four years from here. And uh, to to the point where they've built the team that that is a is a, tight, a genuine title contender with Wemby, if they're able to do it, you think of um, uh, Philadelphia with Embiid. The amount of time it took them from dra- drafting that dude to actually being you know contending for titles, which they still haven't done. Trust the process. But no, it, 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 it's, it's yeah. never. It's always longer than you think it's going to be because you've you, and you not only do you have to build the team, but you've also got to have the year where the team gets close and falls down and learns from the experience. And we we still haven't determined whether this is that year for the Thunder or whether last year's run at the um the play in was was that. Uh I guess we're feeling about this about the San Antonio team because Wemby is so good in his first year. Yeah, like. Uh, 
like when, when Edwards was was really good for the Timberwolves, we were like, don't don't rush it, right? Don't don't put like when when they traded for Gobert, that the general feeling was, what are you doing? Like Edwards is going to be three years away, and then yet that actually looks really smart now. This is Edwards' fourth year in the, in the league, though. So it's it's we're actually at the time where and and again, I don't I think like Minnesota, this is probably the year where they get close and they learn and they come back next year. Um, if they or, can or, afford it, well, if they can afford it, or if they can, because you've, we've seen with the Grizzlies what happens when you you, you know you, mm. you can't always you don't always get that chance. Well, and and, and the, the story of the the twenty the early twenty tens Thunder is exactly that. You never know that with, whether you're going to get a second chance or not. And, and that's why I sort of really applaud Minnesota for going and getting Gobert because it's like uh, you, the, the Grizzlies are like such a good example of why you can't. Just sit back and go. We, we, you know, we can, we can keep developing with within. Like, yeah, y- you know, if there's not that there's always an opportunity. Like a, a few people sort of smash the thunder for not really making a move in this trade season. But it's like I, I just don't know what move made them heaps better. Like, but they are a, and tra- they're a, they're a very cautious franchise, though. They are very informed by Presti's background. Yeah. Um, but, but, but Gideon, Gideon picks for what that was making the Thunder into a an unbelievably better com, uh, contender. This, you know, yeah, Siakam. You might as well I, write, I, you might as well write it out for this year. And yeah. uh, and I thought I thought the the pickup of um pickup of Gordy, you know, turning Davis yeah. Bertans into Gordy is actually Gordon. pretty good. Uh, that, yep. that you know, apart from it being the new fan favourite uh, out in the prairie, um, I thought that was that was actually a pretty smart move. That was that because, was about as much as they needed to do. He's exactly the guy that can win you one random playoff game yeah. in twenty minutes, and then might get injured and not, like. Uh, just, I just, I just can see that there's there's a there's an upside potential to him, and it's perfect for him because he doesn't have to be, he doesn't even have to be a starter. He doesn't have to be a an every night sort of guy. Like no. if he misses two or three games, they've got a whole bunch of kids that that can come up and and do stuff. But mostly called Jalen Williams. Yeah, well, even the other Williams had a good game. Jalen Williams is it's three of them, isn't it? Kenrich or something. Um, the thing yeah. is though that you, when you talk about the the Minnesota the massive Minnesota move, the five fucking first round picks and all that kind of stuff to get Rudy, and that's not shit that the Spurs would ever do. They don't even. They, they for years they wouldn't even do mid-season trades at all, like philosophically. So then it's not going to be. They're not going to build a team, you know, in an off-season to go and unless they do, unless they completely change their their organizational philosophy, and, and they're not going to build a team that's so expensive that, that they will go go into the luxury tax in order to to pay for it because they simply don't have the capital to cover that. So they are going to have to build slowly, and it's going to take a couple of years. The the only the only. Pushback, I'll say against that is they the old Spurs never would have traded Murray for value like they did. Like that was actually a really really good trade. It's like we've got to pay this guy. He's not good enough. He's not quite good enough. But, but at that yeah. stage, they didn't know that they were going to get Wemby, and I don't really know what the plan was. Oh, I, apart from I know, just but mediocre. The, but the old Spurs never would have punted on that, right? They would have believed in the internal development, and but. That's that's a little bit of hope that they might pull the trigger on a big deal. Yeah, and I, I just I, don't I was, see it, man. I just don't I, see I, it. I was, I was looking up and down the the the, the list of teams of the, you know who might actually do big deals in the off season because there's no free agents. It's it's real. They've really got to hit Atlanta for Trey Young. 
that that's the only play that they have to get but someone. Why would Atlanta give up their only fucking hope? Because if Atlanta do because, that, be, just because they'll close the building, then sell the team. It's done. The, because they'll get a a whole bunch of that. Like they'll get their own draft picks plus a couple of Spurs draft picks or that Raptors draft pick or you know, and then they'll go back to the the same thing that. You know, other crappy teams uses will sell you some hope. <laughs> there is no hope. They've already done that, and they're sick yeah. of not having I, any I, hope. I, they can't have I, you know, I, fuck Trey Young in the garden being the highlight of their of this entire fucking it, of it passing be, on Luca. I mean, passing. They, they, everyone needs to be fired. Everybody there needs to be fired. I think they have been fired. In fact, the, the, the <laughs> yeah. Trevor Schlenk, all that kind of stuff. But I suppose I the only re- the reason that we're, I think we're, we've both kind of jointly fixated on this is that, as you say, Wemby is so brilliant. And also, we've seen this year, probably for the first time in an, in an extremely long time, and certainly in my my memory, if you, you can put a rookie on a team that's ready to win and they can make an impact on winning. I mean, you put yeah, you Chet. put Wemby where Chet is and, and vice versa and, and things yeah. will look about the same as they do. Uh, actually, there is there is one other team that might want us to sell on a slightly distressed asset that's a ball player and that Charlotte might might want to cut cut ties with LaMelo Ball. They, they seem to have no problem with retaining all kinds of distressed assets given that they that they, they've, they've retained your man Kilometers Viaducts, and aren't you glad that your team didn't fucking trade oh, for him? I was thinking well, that that's going to suck, man. I, I, no, I was literally like, I had prepared the monologue where I was like, my, you know, I, I am in the market for an NBA team because yeah. I am my my son's days are over. Hmm. Uh, and, and it wasn't like I follow a heap of sons people on Twitter, and it wasn't just me. There was a lot of people that were just like, man, I, I've. I've I've waded through some uncomfortable shit with the owner of the Suns, but yep. this is a bridge is, too far. This is gross. They had the fucking yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I, it's been well fucking litigated on this podcast, but my Portland fandom is at, at its lowest ever ebb because of the fact that the you know, they've got um, Chauncey Phillips as head coach, and he has a history, yeah. and you can look it up. You know, dates from when he was a player, about nineteen ninety seven when he was in Boston. Um, it's. It's no fucking fun, and it's not about obviously it's the victims who you have to worry about, not fucking me. But you know, it's it's no, it's not worth giving your fandom and your money to a team that empowers shit cunts. And this is this is the worst possible one because it's not it's not like the Derek Rose thing where there's testimony that there is. There is pictures. It's not. And it, the, it, you, you can't. And, and, and the cover up, the, the grossness, you know, the thing that always happens, yeah. the victim not being believed and the victim being pressured into recanting her, her testimony happened yeah. in fucking real time while we were watching. With the Billups thing, that was, you know, 97. So that's like 25 years ago. So all of that is, is in the past for how we discuss it now. This shit's happening in real time and we're just watching it get powerless, just going, fuck. Really? Yeah. Really, 2024, we're fucking, this is where we are. We're still here. We're still fucking here. In some ways, it's almost, uh, I think the best thing was that he wasn't traded, like that other teams didn't prioritise winning that highly over um, that and the fact that the Hornets were like, well, you know, we're just not going to do it. Like, 
just let him fade off into a irrelevancy. But the problem is, is that he's actually playing pretty well. And so some team is going to pay him to play NBA basketball next year. That is just absolutely going to happen. Better not be mine. Better not be mine. <sighs> hey. I'm hoping, it's, I'm hoping it's fucking Charlotte so they can continue to be fucking irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just wanted to have a, 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 a quick question with you over the, the extra time in the Super Bowl. Because it's really interesting to me how confused it was because no, they only just no, changed look, it for this year and, and it's, people are confused. Even the dude who caught the fucking winning touchdown had to be told, oh, by the way, game over now. Yeah, that, that but also the fact that it's being argued like it's a, uh, like it's a computer game with no, no actual people that fatigue and get tired. Like, there are it, no game state considerations. Like, yeah, like know, it's if you like, score, that changes the reaction to the the opposition. Yeah. Well, well, and the fact that your defensive players have played a whole game or have yeah. just played eight eight minutes straight and might need to have the three minutes rest to try and recharge and have their coaches sort of talk to them. Like, I'm just fascinated how it's being sort of being discussed in parallel, one by a whole heap of people that are just looking at the tactics in the abstract. And then a different group of people that are talking about, well, you know, th- this this team's lost these defensive players and this person's, re- you know, had to play 16 more snaps than normal and is really tired. And uh, I just find it really funny how different parts of the community process the game differently. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit... Uh, I don't have a problem with it when it was kind of the right result. You know, it was... And, and so what happened in the past was that uh, the, the overtime rules were that whoever got the ball, if you went down and scored a touchdown, it was game over. If you went down and kicked a field goal, the opposition still got the ball. And they, mm. if they, obviously they could either match your score or they could get a touchdown and then basically whoever whoever scores wins. Um, and the problem with Watt, that was that there was this trem- tremendous playoff game between Bills um, Chiefs a couple of Chiefs, years ago. Yeah. And... It'd been tremendous, and then in the end, because it was a very high-scoring game where no one could stop anyone. Whoever won the toss won the game because Basically then they just went down the and scored a touchdown. It was like a oh, fuck. Um, so they changed it so that it was uh, the other team. St- you know, if you scored a touchdown, the other team still gets the ball and a chance to try and they've got to match what you do. The, the, the American football overtime I like the most is actually college because what they do is they just have. It's like a penalty shootout where they each team gets a chance to just line up on the fucking 20 and run a play to try and score a touchdown. And then the other team gets a chance to do that. And then the first yeah. team to miss loses. So um, it's it's exhausting, but yeah, really so it's cool. Yeah, almost, so almost like it's almost like a set playoff. Yes, you know, exactly right. But, but both teams that, get to set for their, those two coaches, that would have been sick as hell because they would have been pulling yeah. shit out of anywhere. Uh, but yeah, that was it was the right result because, you know, the... 49ers did the 49ers thing and the and, and I, I enjoyed it. You know, I was actually hoping the 49ers would win because, you know, they you know, all that stuff about Sh- Shanahan shit doesn't work and he's a fucking fraud and all that sort of stuff. I was thinking it would be nice to put an end to that. And I, so on a, a, but then Mahomes had that chance to, to do the winning drive and there was a couple of times where he had to convert third downs and all kinds of shit and pull stuff out of his ass and run and do all the stuff that, you know, he dragged them across the line there. And they, they win the game, and then 60, like, not a half a minute after the fucking hooter goes, the fucking racist white cunts are doing the fucking shot in the crowd. And I thought, fuck this. 
What? Why? Can, why? You just can't leave it for a fucking minute, can you? You Midwest well, fuckwits. I, I, I sort of had the same feeling, but the opposite. But of all the, you know, it, it was almost another Colin Kaepernick of. Oh, Taylor, Taylor Swift team won the the NFL. I, you know, I'm not going to support the NFL anymore because of Taylor. It's just fucking hilarious, man. Oh, the, well, the, the best part was, you know, Joe Biden's fucking uh, intern, or not intern, because the social media team is clearly not, not our interns. Mm. You know, posting that just like we drew it up, and him with glowing red eyes. I thought, yeah, lead into this shit because you might as well because it's so ridiculous. But my, you might really, I mean, I didn't really want Kansas to win, and it wasn't because. It wasn't because of Taylor. It was because of the, the, the fucking chop. I'm just so... It's, it's fucking 2024. Why are we still doing fucking tomahawk chops and mm. fake Native American chanting in, in, in stadiums when the stadium is entirely full of fucking Midwest white people? But I didn't have a problem with Taylor. I mean, it's a bit it's a bit over-fucking-exposed, but, you know, shouts to her. I mean, she's she's fucking oh. in town now. She's living her... The thing is, she's living her fucking teenage dream. It's a bit... I mean, 36 is a bit late to still being you know, fixated on trying to you know, live your teenage dream. But, you know, that's, fuck it. You manifested that shit. She's on the cover of Time, looking like, you know, the Xanax just hit. I was like, fucking Piedmont Fish Market. It's fantastic. I discovered there was actually a couple of different covers for that uh, Time Magazine Person of the Year one. Uh, the one I've seen is she looks like a fucking waxwork dummy. So I suppose we should also say about that, you know, the game was brilliant, but there was a bit too much fucking America around the outside of it. And I extend that to yeah. the point where there was a fucking shooting at the, at the parade over some people who just lost <sighs> a rag at each other. It wasn't people trying to fucking stop Joe Biden or something. It was just two, two people who were just having a fucking tiff. Yeah. And one of them came back and just shut the place up. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, America? Anyway. It's, it's, it, you could not get a better microcosm of like yes. d- drunk sports fans having an argument happen in New Zealand and Australia. Some guy get punched and. Yeah. There'd be a bit of a brawl, and we'd all sort of pull pull apart. And this one fucking eleven kids got shot. Yeah. Um, the 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 thing for me that like for all that set piece and all that tactics and stuff, I reckon it pretty much came down to that that kick return hit the guy the back of the guy's boot, and he couldn't recover. Yeah, total fluke. It, it like, was it was a, a touch <laughs> the touch extra point, the blocked extra point, and the um and the fucking. It was all special teams. It was all just random yeah. special team shit. The the and the punt that landed on the guy's foot and, and that therefore made it in play for the uh, for Kansas. And that, it's just mm. fucking yeah. It's Rough. the bounce of the ball, but you know, it's the bounce of the ball. The ball. All right. Well, on that note, and we are we- the balls, and we are going to bounce. Uh, this was. We are going to bounce ball. off and come back and talk some tunes. We are going to do that. Um, I'm Doc. He's Bezo, and we'll talk to you again next week. We promise. Possibly. See ya. Gary has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. He still doesn't know. This, this microphone's... I can't figure it out. It's just slowly... Like, so slowly I can't even notice it, but all of a sudden I'm, like, hunching down. Like a- it's continental drift.